Warning! The following podcast contains strong language, which some listeners may find offensive. If you do... Up yours! That's only if you don't listen to the podcast. Otherwise, not up yours. News team, assemble! Come Tuesday... You're listening to the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. Hello, yes, welcome to the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. My name is Jay, joined by the big tasty one himself, Ben Jackson. How are you, Ben? Hi, man, I'm real good. Yeah, happy to, uh, excited to talk about some some hot news. Literally, some got at time of recording, some hot, fresh news yeah, right I, 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 We literally had, like, phones shoved in our faces. I mean, we're not on, like, a set or anything, but, like, we literally had phones shoved in our faces, like, five seconds ago with something massive that's just happened that we're going to talk about. Uh, it's not even in our news document, so no. should we just go straight into it? I think we should just come straight in with the heat. Just, yeah. just straight up break break this news, break it down, or maybe shut it down, if you will, because Mustafa Ali has requested his release from WWE. Uh, he's yeah. just this minute released a thing on Twitter. Um, do you want to read what it said, Ben? Uh, yeah, basically, uh, I'm not going to. Oh, I've literally just closed the window. <laughs> basically, saying like he, he is, um, his message is bigger than he's got. This, he basically can't do what he wants to do in WWE. He doesn't have the, the ability to deliver his message, so therefore he's requesting his release so he can go and do it somewhere else. Basically, I think it's code word for they just gave me loads of charity and I'm fed up with it. Yeah, so I've got I've got the quotes up. He, he basically said, "I have a message that is much bigger than my dreams in pro wrestling. Despite my best efforts, I will not be able to deliver this message while working with WWE." Therefore, I am requesting my release from WWE. Um, <clears throat> I mean, it goes without saying, first and foremost, he is insanely talented and he yeah. is insanely underutilized. If he does get released and gets his request, he goes straight to the very top of the, the missed opportunities in WWE, like board, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, he was he was really pushing to be like one of the first like big Arab-American um, baby faces. And it, he was fucking nailing it as far as I was concerned. Yeah, but he's foreign, so he's got to be a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, but he, even like the thing is with Mustafa Ali is even when he's given like a shit hand, he he's made it work. Like when he was the leader of Retribution, the the storyline was trash. It was garbage, but he made it work. He, yeah, he, he was like he was the best part of that like entire garbage fire. Yeah, and like he. You've just got to look at like his creativity, his creativity, like the uh, output he use, he puts on Twitter when he does he done like his own like video video packages for the Air uh, Cruiserweight Title Tournaments back on Two Hundred Five Live. They were f- amazing. Yeah, uh, I mean the, the one the one sort of well, obviously it's it's um it's a big step for him. It's, we're all we're assuming that he will be granted to release, hopefully, presumably. Uh, WWE seems to be a lot less. Um, they, they granted Tony Storms a few weeks ago. Didn't yeah, they? so they seem to be a, they seem to be a lot less inclined to just selfishly hold up the talent now that like you know the initial threat from AW has, has sort of come and, and landed. Um, mm. The one thing that obviously it's a scary time, but I know he's just had another child, um, which yeah. is obviously you know so it's a big it's a big commitment that he's making and really banking on himself, which is great to see. Uh, the, the one thing I will say is over the last year or so there's been a lot of wrestlers who have left WWE and been able to really flex their creativity so guys like Alistair Black uh, Buddy Matthews uh, you know people who have really been able to take themselves in a really cool creative direction yeah I, I think wherever he goes he'll be fine yeah and I'm not saying he'll... he's absolutely going to end up in AW but if you would like to 
appear there for a little bit. That would be lovely. Um, I would love to yeah. see him there as an AW fan. Uh, I mean, you could, at this point, you could go anywhere. You could go to Impact. You could go to Japan. You could go to GCW. You could just go around the Indies and just be treated like the king that he is. You, you know? The first thing he needs to do if he does get his release granted is have a match against Johnny Gargano. Please and thank you. Oh, God. Oh, oh that, God. be tremendous. I would yeah. love that very so, do that in Gallows back garden and I'd still watch it. Yeah, yeah. Do the talking about Mania 3. <laughs> Have some actual uh, wrestling on the show. <laughs> just a little, yeah. a, a, little, a, little, a little breather. Whoa, whoa. Um, we, we got we got a we got some actual wrestling wrestling on talking shop of Mania. <laughs> we got that got that contract on a tree match all day. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think wherever it goes out saying wherever he ends up, he's gonna be just fine. He's um uh, one of the best reaction tweets I saw was from a friend of the podcast, Phil Lindsay, from a Bleacher Report and Fightful's Grapsody po- podcast. And he just put, Mustafa Ali can be the face of a company. I've been saying that for at least three years. Yeah, he's a, he's a real good lad, Phil, uh, Phil Lindsay. If, if you're not following him on Twitter, go and give him a, give him a look. He's, he's a top journalist. He, he really does get some, uh, he has some great and opinions. He, he gets some good coverage as well. And his, he, he added to that when someone someone replied saying he's literally a total package and he said, great promo, great look. He's genuinely a great guy who screams babyface and he can wrestle his ass off. Um, that that doesn't rule out the fact as well that when he was made the heel, he was tremendous. Yeah, I, I've always viewed him weirdly as like sort of light side pack. Yeah. If Pac's like the, the spooky guy, the spooky evil guy, Mustafa Ali could be like the, the sort of other side of the coin. He's got that. He, I, he's very similar in terms of his aiming ability and his probability are very are both on that same sort of same level, I'd, I'd say. Yeah. And the, especially with the video packages. Um, just just before he uh, took time off to have a baby as well, um, or have his his most recent baby, I should say, um, he did uh, a video, like he a video package he'd, he'd made of like a, a pitched gimmick that got turned down. Um, sometimes you see these things that kind of like trickle away onto the internet. Uh, I remember famously the Cody Rhodes one where it was like him and Brandy basically doing what they're doing in AW now as like a power couple. Yeah. Uh, that they actually pitched to WWE first. Um, but he, he put one out and it was basically like a political campaign video. And it was like, welcome to Mustafa Ali's New America or something like that. And he was like wearing a suit. He had like, oh, the, nice. kind of like, like the American flag behind him. Um, but it also, it also had like quite sinister undertones. It was really, it was really cool. And I thought, I saw that. And I thought if, if he was allowed to do that, he'd, he'd hit it up the park. Um, yeah. As I say, immensely talented. Um, and I think he's going to be just fine. Oh, God, yeah. Um, now, now we've got the breaking news out the way. Should we? Should we go into some more WWE news? <laughs> into our regularly scheduled news. Yes. Uh, first up, what was the big story until uh, until that happened about five minutes ago? Yeah. <laughs> MLW, the Major League Wrestling, I believe. Yeah. Major League uh, is suing WWE. Apparently, according to FIFA, they received the following almost press release from MLW. Uh, it says professional wrestling company Major League Wrestling MLW brackets MLW Media LLC filed a lawsuit today against World Wrestling Entertainment Incorporated WWE. The federal court antitrust lawsuit is based on WWE's ongoing attempts to undermine competition in and monopolize professional wrestling markets by interfering with MLW's contracts and business prospects. As described in the complaint, 
WWE pressured third parties to abandon contracts and prospective relationships with MLW. WWE's misconduct included disrupting every level of MLW's business, including a major streaming deal for MLW, which would have been transformative for the company. MLW also alleged in the complaint that in early 2021, after MLW announced that it was in talks with Vice TV to air MLW programs on Vice TV, a then WWE executive warned Vice TV that WWE owner Vince McMahon was, quote, pissed that Vice TV was airing MLW programs and that Vice TV should stop working with MLW. The Vice TV executive responded that WWE's conduct was illegal and had an antitrust and an antitrust violation, with the WWE executive responding that she could not control Mr. McMahon. Quote, WWE has been wrongfully depriving its competitors of critical opportunities for many years, but its latest conduct has been even more unconscionable, said MLW CEO Court Barr. I think we speak for the rest of the professional wrestling world when we say that this anti-competitive behavior has to stop. WWE's ongoing misconduct has hurt fans of professional wrestling and competition in the professional wrestling industry. Through this lawsuit, MLW seeks to recover its losses due to WWE's interference and to enjoin WWE from further interference. That's a awful lot to break down there. <laughs> it, it, the, the thing which made me laugh when you were reading that was the WWE executive responding that she could not control the man. <laughs> Makes him sound I mean, like fucking Wilson Fisk. He just wakes up and does what the fuck he wants. We don't know what. We, we can't stop him. Um, yeah, so they need to boil this all down. Um, basically, MLW had a deal in place with Vice TV to air some shows. And they, um, well, they, they do. They, they, they do, yeah. They and, air and a WWE executive said, oh, if you do that, I won't like it. And he might not let you, let you do the wrestling shows sometime, maybe. Um, that... What's interesting is it seems that WWE have some kind of a partnership with Vice. Uh, they've allowed footage to be used on the late season of Dark Side of the Ring. Yeah. And it's almost like they're holding that over them. Which is mad because like Vice spent the last like three years burying the last three decades of WWE like shady shit in Dark Side of the Ring. <laughs> Yeah, and yet now I mean, WWE are trying to threaten them. And like, I mean, if 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 Vice was scared of WWE, they wouldn't have done Dark Side of the Ring. Yeah, well, that's it. That's it. Completely. <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean, what what's interesting as well? I, I forgot to put this in the news article, but Joey Janela actually made an uh, interest. I've, I've got it. It's got... down under AW. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. We'll don't cover that. You, don't you worry about that. We've got more. We'll have more news on this down in the AW section. Shall we just address that now? Um, uh, no, I think we should let people hang. We should let people. We'll, 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 okay. we'll tease it. Yeah, and then we'll, we'll bring it back. Yeah. Like Chekhov's gone. We'll bring it back in the third act. Keeps you listening. Keeps you listening. But yeah, um, it, it sounds. It certainly sounds like MLW aren't wholly innocent in this situation. Um, Court Bauer used to work for WWE. I, I also, the other thing which was intriguing was that. Earlier in the year, MLW and WWE were actually talking about partnership. Didn't the one of the writers from MLW end up going to WWE? Like there was a big, like, there was a strong work relationship there, wasn't it? And he um, he got released the other week. Oh, did he? And the the guy uh, who's like mates with the on the street there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, got released last week. Um, oh damn! He, he was in the he was in the call. I mean, well, all the industry there have gone up pretty much, haven't they? So, you know. Sad Roger Strong noises. <laughs> no, no, Bay Bay keeping him employed. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's I mean, it's, it's, it's on, on the surface, it really seems like, um, especially in, in recent times, just like the pro wrestling world is kind of sort of united around the pandemic and we've had a lot of like talent 
sharing and, and sort of idea sharing and companies wanting to work with other companies. And we, we've seen, like, in the last week or so, even WWE are starting to maybe warm to that a little bit with, like, Mickey James coming back for the Rumble, although that's probably just because they fucked up the women's roster so bad they can't have 30 women. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's, 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 it still seems to be this, like, WWE is still this, like, this big force all over one side of the room and everyone else is on the other side. And, like, everyone... It's almost trying- like... It's almost like WWE is like the bully in the playground. Yeah. And all the others are kind of like the kids that they've all, that the bully's been bullying all uniting and going full fucking midsummer on them. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. Um, I mean, it, it's good to see that like people are actually standing up to WWE because obviously like this screams of when Vince bought the territories yeah. back in the 80s. And, 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 just, and, and it's just it's just what WWE always do is they just throw their weight around and they just use it to get what they want. And yeah, this is the first this is the first time in a while that you've seen a smaller company stand up and go, actually no, we don't we don't really think this is on. Yeah. Whether and or not I, they will succeed in their lawsuit against the endless money pit that is the WWE. I, I mean <laughs> like a lot of kind of a lot of people have weighed in and said, Do MLW have the financial backing to take WWE to court? Or is it like them just trying to like kind of get something settled out of course? But yeah. I mean, I, uh, on one hand, I really want to see WWE get their asses handed to them in court. But on the other, from seeing the steroid trial, Dark Side of the Ring, um, they WWE... Just, they they yeah, just litigate like, this out until they're out of money, basically. Yeah, I, I mean, WWE's lawyer that they use, Jerry McDevitt, seems like he could literally like exonerate Vince from fucking murder. So I don't think... Like literally, Vince could murder somebody on an episode of Raw, legitimately. Well, well Jimmy Snooker arguably did. Oh yeah, don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> but could do it with like fully, like fully with witnesses on TV, and he'd still be able to get Vince off. It's insane. Yeah. Guy, the guy seems like a fucking witch. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll keep we'll keep people updated on this one. We'll be following it closely, and hopefully have some more to talk about at a later date. Um, moving on, Fightful has learned that as of now, the working plan is for the Elimination Chamber match and structure to take place at the February Saudi Arabia show. Tense of preparation for the Elimination Chamber to take place in Saudi Arabia in February has been going on since the last show there in November, which is when Fightful first heard ru- like the rumours uh, come out. Um, there's also been a discussion of possibly taping an episode of WWE TV there in the future. Though that's hardly confirmed. Meltzer uh, tweeted, WWE is considering rebranding Elimination Chamber as WrestleMania Chamber. He also <laughs> mentioned that the annual Elimination Chamber has been pr- proposed as a name for the upcoming event in Saudi Arabia. They're, um, they're actually going to call it the annual Elimination Chamber. Are you, gonna, are you, are you excited for the WrestleMania Rumble in 2024? Oh. <laughs> to to, how long until they actually just do a WrestleMania in Saudi Arabia? Um. Yes, uh, I, I mean to be fair, like they they always kind of say the Saudi shows are a WrestleMania level events, whenever which is their, <laughs> which that's is their like, way of saying we won't give you WrestleMania. That's what that's what you tell the kid whose birthday it is that you give like a shitty present to because they get upset. Like, oh no, you've got your, that present's just as good as the present that the birthday that, kid's got. That kid wanted power toys and he got VR troopers. <laughs> it's like, oh no, it's honestly, it's just as good. Trust me, it's just as good. Honestly, we are VR. Um, yeah, I mean, 
it's mad because last year WWE's best show was arguably Crown Jewel. So yeah, well, they, they could be onto something with that, but then you look mad. at the It's going to be mad if we go down a future where like WWE has become like fully based in Saudi Arabia. Uh, it's, I mean, that we were talking about like people standing up to Vince. That's the other fucking person who stood up to Vince with the Saudis when he cut the fucking broadcast. So they just kept all of the wrestlers over there. Um, I mean, Vince takes like a fucking life period on like the Saudi, like government from the Saudi government or something, and then you know, you know, something's going on. But Vin, Vince is like that's the most lunatic thing I've, I think I've ever heard Vince doing. Swinging his dick around at the Saudis <laughs> like you mad bastard, trying to demand more money like during the show. Yeah, <laughs> cutting the fucking people. So they're like, right, we're just we just got all these people on a plane. We're not gonna let them leave. Yeah, Vince is like, well, fuck you. I got a private jet. Psych. Yeah, Sorry. Vince. Fucks up out of there on his private jet. I can't wait for the dark side of the ring on that. Oh, it's going to be spicy. Be- uh, yeah, right, we'll move on then. Uh, the next piece of piece of bad news, um, not that everything else has been good, but you know, uh, Xavier Woods, during the opening of G4's Attack of, Attack of the Show, which I didn't realise was still going, but apparently it came back like last year. It came back last year because Woods had like a um, campaign to become a host and it, it was successful. Oh, fair play. Uh, so, yeah, on the tackle of the show on January 13th, uh, Xavier Woods revealed that he suffered a torn plantaris, which I don't know what that is, but he explained is the muscle underneath his calf. So when asked how it happened, he said he was attempting to do a jumping DDT during a match, but did not explain what match the injury occurred in or who he was in the ring with. Uh, he said, quote, yeah, so I was jumping in the ring to do a DDT. I spring off the bottom rope and grab the guy and then run his head to the ground, hopefully shattering all his bones so I can pin him, win the match and make more money. Obviously, keeping the, keeping the business alive. Um, yeah. He said, so I did that part, but in the process, no, just jumping off the rope, nothing like, not a shark attack, not a steel chair shot, not a machine gun, not a machete, just a jump. Um, so basically he was saying it was like a routine it wasn't like a big massive mad spot it was just a routine sort of move when asked when in the match the injury took place would reveal that there was still a little bit left in the match but he was able to take care of everything safely and he'll be out for four to six weeks he says quote I still had some stuff to do but in those situations you've got to figure out like am I hurt to the point where I can't go forward am I hurt to the point where I can mess up and possibly hurt someone possibly hurt someone uh, you've got to keep everybody safe in there and I was okay this sucks I can't do this but I, or that but I can do this or this we finished everything so it's all cool so I'm like four to six weeks and I'll be good uh, obviously the, the the big sort of negative here is he's going to miss the world Rumble. Yeah, but I kind of, I'm hoping that he, like, when he comes back, they really, he really, he was rumoured to be Roman's opponent at the Rumble. Right. And obviously with, like, what happened at day one and Roman having COVID, so Brock won the title, it seems like the shift in everything around at the moment. Because, like, they've just, they've just pulled Seth Rollins from Raw and just put him on SmackDown as Roman's next challenger. Um and as I say, like the rumor was that Woods was going to be Roman's opponent. Sit, sit. Certainly felt like they were building it that way. Um, hopefully, when he does come back, he'll be kind of figured into that, and they don't just forget about it. Because I feel like, um, um, not that it's been an afterthought, but it almost feels like they're not as invested in his King of the Ring run at the moment, which is a shame. Because well, who, he's, could have, who could have possibly seen that coming? I know, but it's a shame because he's fucking killing it in yeah. the circle. Um, but yeah, fingers crossed. The uh... yeah, hopefully, uh, it sucks he's going to miss the rumble because you know it's, it's a big event, isn't it? But he'll be he'll be back for like the the sort of the mania running, which is fine. Yeah, 
I'm hoping he has something big to do with Mania because he's, he's been fucking killing the last year. Yeah. Um, I'm Pimbro. Take the belt on. I'm, I'm Avenge Ian Kofi by beating Brock in a squash match. <laughs> Moving on from one wrestler out with injury to one, um, well, two returning. Uh, Wrestling Observing, you said Bailey could return from injury as early as next month, but it's more likely she'll be back in March. Uh, Sasha Banks is also expected to return from her foot injury in March as well. Oh, nice. So, that, I mean, that could, that's prime for like a, a shock WrestleMania twist, isn't it? I mean, yeah, it feels as if I I still think Bailey might show up in the Rumble, and like they 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 kind of like given long like if especially with them announcing so many surprise entrants, it feels yeah they've got to hold something back, haven't they? You think? Yeah, it feels almost as if like the 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 surprise is going to be like a return, like Bailey. Um, as opposed to like a legend returning. Um, yeah. I, I'd go as far as saying I'd be very happy to see Bailey win the whole thing as well. Um, she was doing the Lord's work before she got injured and it was criminal that they kept her off WrestleMania last year. Uh, well, speaking about people who could return to the Rumble, um, this one seems like a really good shot. Um, Andrew Zarian from the Mad Men podcast uh, was discussing a potential return for Asuka and stated that she should be cleared ready to go yeah she um, she had uh, elbow surgery didn't she I think so something like that yeah but that's I think that's one you can absolutely lock in for a rumble appearance yeah she's gonna she's gonna fucking kick Shane's teeth out after Shane kick their old. yeah they were cowards she gave us Asuka versus Shane um, yeah I'd, I'd be happy to see Asuka I think I think me and Troy were talking about it before. Like WWE's women's division is fucking sparse at the moment. They need to. They need to oh, find. It's, it. it's on life support, mate. There's like, there's no one there. Yeah, they need to find some talent somewhere. Um, but yeah, uh, someone else who's going to be missing the rumble is Drew McIntyre. Um, he was seen walking walking around wearing a neck brace in Pittsburgh over the weekend. Um, according to PW Inside, the the head of WWE Medical. Dr. Joseph Maroon is based in Pittsburgh. The site um, also confirmed that with their company source that McIntyre was there for tests on his neck, written off. Uh, he was written off TV um, at day one. Yeah. When Happy Corbin put a chair around his neck and hit him with a fucking massive metal pipe. Uh, again, sucks. Um, Drew is one of those guys who I don't feel like he's quite gotten his his dues for carrying the title during the start of the pandemic. Yeah. Um, I feel like they've kind of not dropped the ball with him, but I feel like his momentum's kind of petered out. Because- it, it, yeah, because it just feels like his moment kind of passed by with, with like with it being during lockdown and like there being no fans there and his title reign. It was it was fine, but you know, it was he never got that big moment, did he? Um they should have um, maybe Lashley at Mania. Yeah, or maybe had him or at least last, last year or whatever. I don't know. Mm. But yeah, I hope, I hope he comes back and he, you know, he finds himself back at the top of the card again. Because you know, you can't, you don't thank someone by like making a few with Jinder Mahal, do you? Come on. Well, he's feuding with uh, Mad Cat Moss now, mate. Well, yeah, fair, fair play. Mm. Um, like the flowers he needs. Speaking of speaking of day one, um, 
speaking about things that might have changed because of things that happened at day one. Um, so obviously, as we know, Roman Reigns tested positive for COVID, missing day one. Sasha Banks was injured prior to day one. Um, but this week's Wrestling Observer Newsletter reports that apparently the original plans for WrestleMania 38, which have totally changed, were going to be Universal Champion Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. Well, I'm guessing that means Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar for the Universal title. I'm guessing, I'm guessing that means they wouldn't let Brock beat Roman. Well, that's strange things have happened, Meath. So anyway, it's going to be Brock Lesnar versus Reigns for the Universal Championship. Um, Big E versus Seth Rollins for the WWE Championship. Uh, Kevin Owens versus... Oh, sorry, versus Big E, Kevin Owens, or Bobby Lashley. So whoever won that match. Um, the Raw Women's Champion would be... Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair and the SmackDown Women's Championship would be Charlotte Flair versus Sasha Banks. Obviously, that's all gone to hell in a handbasket. Yeah. Um, it definitely has. I, I, I mean, I, I can see how they're going to get to Brock versus Roman. I mean, yeah, they're, they're very clear, but now it's going to be belt v belt, apparently, or like... I So I, I heard that um, apparently... Talking about Rollins and then Roman's reign, uh, the Rumble. Oh, right. Roman's reign, 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 reign. Yeah. Um, because like Lesnar versus Roman doesn't need one belt, let alone two. Yeah, it's kind of got the whole like Becky versus Charlotte versus Ronda vibe to it, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, I mean, Charlotte Flair's also in the Royal Rumble, so she could she could feasibly win the Rumble and then challenge Becky for the t- title versus title as well. Well, I'm just put the triple threat through Seth in there as well, and you basically just remade that mess with Mass Mania match from like five years ago. Oh, that'd be good. And Rollins fucking cashing again. Just Rollins cashing in, even though he's not won the Rumble, he's won the briefcase, stuck deck and But have him like knock on the door with the shield theme like he did on SmackDown the other week. That was <laughs> and then just start laughing like a lunatic. Um, speak, keep him with the Rumble. Someone who might be a surprise return, which I, I think I'd welcome seeing. Is Corey Graves uh, fightful learned that he's been cleared after um, years of being on the no contact um, on the no contact list? Um, he said uh, we they said uh, we've spoken to several sources in WWE and cl- uh, that are close to the situation that claim Graves was actually cleared by WWE doctors at some point in 2021. Though the company has not confirmed that to us, so it's lar- it's largely based on discussions behind the scene. Uh, Graves briefly won the WWE 24-7 Championship in 2021 despite previously being on a strict internal no-contact list that the company keeps. We can confirm that he was not on that list any longer. We reached out to both Corey Graves and WWE who both responded but would not confirm or deny any parts of this news. We've heard of several pitches internally that have been made though we're sure if those were from when so we're not sure if those were from Creative or Graves himself, but none have made none have made it through um, that we've heard of. We've heard from one person near Creative who wasn't made, made aware of the situation, but noted that Graves is in fact off the no contact list. At one point, names like Paige and Scott Hall were both on on said list in 2019, and generally, if that happens, they've been cleared. Um, Graves retired from in ring wrestling in late 2014 made the transition to broadcasting full-time in which he's been massively successful for both he and for both he and WWE. Um, that didn't really make sense. Since then, he's not had any wrestling matches during that time. Brian Daniels and Christian Edge have all been cleared and after being sidelined for years. Uh, seeing Edge's return seemed to have motivated Graves, according to the podcast the two were on. 
Uh, he said, watching it, honestly, man, it was inspiring. Um, I would say two or three different points. I went, man, I live in Pittsburgh now. I should go find Dr. Maroon. It just gave me that urge to do this all over again. I don't know whether or not that's a possibility, but the thought was planted in my brain for quite some time. Yeah, that's a, a big deal. Obviously, yeah. um, we've, we've seen over the recent years, as you mentioned in the article there, um, guys like Danielson, Christian, Edge, have all been able to make their way back when we thought they were done forever. Uh, yeah. Which is, which is pretty cool. And yeah, I mean, Graves still, he's still got time on his side. He's, he's relatively young. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Also, he was out with similar issues to uh, Danielson and Christian. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. If, he, if, if they do it, I'd love it to be like a proper, his music hits and he just stands up from the current table and like takes his jacket off and he's got his ring gear on and he just gets in the ring. I mean, his ring gear was just jeans, wasn't it? So, yeah. Hey, what, hey, Corey, why are you wearing jeans and a suit jacket? Like, don't worry about it, mate. It's fine. <laughs> why, why haven't you got a shirt like that pair of Sean Spears? <laughs> why are you dressed like Smooth Spears? I don't know, it's fine. <laughs> don't, don't ask questions. Uh, yeah, that's really super cool. Um, we also know yeah. he's able to he's able to do that because it seems like he feels like he's got some unfinished business, doesn't it? Yeah, he, he worked a relatively safe style as well, so you'd think that he'd be all right to... I mean, let's face it, if Shabbat has come back this year and you fucking... Yeah, like <laughs> a hematoma or whatever it was. Um, I think Graves should be okay. Hopefully. Uh, so speaking of people maybe coming back for the rumble who maybe aren't medically cleared or maybe are medically cleared, uh, there's growing speculation that Paige could make a return at the rumble this year as well. Mm. She's been sort of teasing bits and bobs on social media, hasn't she? Um, she's been trying to get cleared for ages as well, and she's yeah. been speaking. I think. The thing with Paige is with how severe a neck injury was, I think it, it is just going to be a case of time as opposed to getting cleared. Yeah. Um, you could argue she came back a bit too soon. When, oh, she, did, when she got when she got the injury. When she when she came back from the injury the first time, yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. Like a few weeks later. Um but yeah, I mean, she's awesome. I'd, I'd love to see her in the ring again. For sure. Um, someone else, well, two people we're going to be seeing also in the women's rumble, according to PW Insider, are Melina and Cameron. Um, they're both so Cameron last appeared in AEW in the yeah, women's Neither Rose. Yeah. And Melina has been in um, NWA and Impact. Yes. Yeah. And still, more importantly, she can still fucking go. I mean, if they are in, they're going to be in for like a minute or so, aren't they? Like, there's going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of, there's, there's, there's going to be a lot of like people running in, doing one spot, and then getting thrown out in this rumble. I think. Yeah. Do you reckon Scotty too hot? He's going to be in the men's. I think he's going to be in Liverpool. Not for the rumble. <laughs> no, true. Um, no, I don't think. He will. Why would he be in WWE? Don't know. Could be mate. Could be. Um, no, I think I mean who like all these people who they've got. <clears throat> excuse me, uh, all these people who they've got for the rumble, and obviously they've got a lot of people here who are making like legend appearances or like one-off appearances. Mm. And they, I, I reckon they've got like someone in mind who they're going to feed all these people to. It's like a monster, Michelle McCool. I'm, I'm thinking more like someone who would like you know work with it on the current roster. 
don't, don't, don't you remember the first Women's Rumble where Michelle McCool got the most elimination? <laughs> yeah, actually I do, to be fair. <laughs> Even like a husband. Michelle McCool. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens. I think the, the Women's Rumble is going to have a, a very, uh, very different feel to it this year. Yeah, I mean, it's odd that Charlotte Flair is basically doing what Brock did in 2020 and like entering as the champion. Yeah, maybe she gets a little bit of I mean, she is like the Thanos of the women's division, mate. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, speaking of the Royal Rumble, uh, we'll stick with that for a second. Um, betting odds on the prospective winners currently have Big E as the favourite to win the men's Rumble and Bianca Belair favourite on the women's to do the, the to do the repeat. Ooh, give her the little, little Shawn Michaels one. Yeah, I mean, it's, there are worse ideas. I mean, Bianca Belair really thrives in the Rumble, doesn't she? Like, her first Rumble, she was like, wasn't she in the longest? Possibly, yeah. It was like a, a star-making performance. The second one, she won. Um, This next one, she'll probably... I, I, it's mad I don't really see who else could win it. It, it, it they, like the men's I feel like that's a bit more open but Big E is the logical choice yeah women's I feel like well Bianca winning it gets it like back to the title picture over Becky I thought Liv Morgan maybe because they don't like two dodgy finishes to her and Becky but who knows WWE is hard to predict at the moment because they fucking really wrestle left right and centre um Moving on, Ringside News claims that WWE has changed its policy and is now being completely open to wrestlers appearing who have actively worked for outside companies. Take that with a mountain of salt because it's your boys' well, Ringside News. They've they've got it from. I'll just read the next bit as well. Uh, they've got it from a tweet that WrestleVotes put out saying, "Had more than one source this weekend uh, without me directly asking." state that they believe WWE will try for an unexpected forbidden door entrance to the men's rumble. Personally, I'm sceptical it happens. Like, and WWE is at least open to the idea, which is exciting enough. And then Fightful added to that, saying as far as WWE is concerned, we've heard pictures for interesting and big outside names, but I've heard no context as to who they may be or if they'll come to fruition. Oh, I mean, let, let, the, let, let the speculation wheel begin to spin. I mean, they literally mentioned John Moxley on SmackDown this week. Yeah, but he really hates Vince, like quite a lot. He does. Like the only but, guy who's left on good terms is Brian Jericho. Yeah, they, but they they cut him out of everything, didn't they? They they fucking snapped him out of existence. It, it, it's it's odd that they actually they mentioned John Moxley. Not Dean Ambrose, John Moxley. Yeah, that means like it's almost like a testing the water. Like, oh, we'll try this name out and see if people recognize and it. And it literally had the the expected effect of everyone. Going, oh, they said the name. They said the name. It'd be, I mean, it'd be hilarious if he comes in if they do get Moxley and he comes in like as not as Dean Ambrose, but as like 2022's John Moxley, and he just does murder on everyone and like all the WWE fans who maybe don't watch other programming are like, who the fuck is this guy? Just have it like when he made his New Japan debut and made Juice Robinson. Maybe like a fucking stapler. It's not stapling people. Ju- and Juice Robinson was like, yeah, he beat all the CJ Parker out of me. Um, <laughs> it's like, oh, he's going to come and do the wacky line. And he just comes in and hits him with like a fucking flaming two by four or something. 
just crawl into the ring like the fucking babadoo. <laughs> uh, you know, I think I think Daniel Bryan's a possible shout. Like, obviously, he, he left yeah. terms. His stepdad is still Johnny Ace. His wife is going to be in the Women's Rumble. Yeah. Um, well, apparently as well, uh, John Laurinaitis, we, we covered it on the news last week, John Laurinaitis has held a meeting with Tony Khan about collaborating with WWE. Yeah. And, um, if, and, for, and to be fair, um, Tony Khan said when at around the time of the CM Punk signing, he basically said, where's the effect of I'm open to business with anyone? Yeah. Which is cool. Like, I mean, that's... The, the thing is, it benefits the fans at the end of the day. And I know WWE hate the fucking fans because they put the fucking shit put up. But, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, it, it could be interesting. Could be interesting. Yeah, so it, I mean, that, that that's going to fuel the rumor mill right the way up to the night, isn't it? Which and, is great. <laughs> yeah, obviously there isn't any confirmation that this is going to happen. It's like they've all said they're very skeptical as to whether it will genuinely happen or not. Just imagine like Roman and I don't know because you can't even like Moxie's makes no sense because like you, you do Moxie when you're like I might have Roman and Seth are like in the ring and like I'll have to square off and the cards go down. What if Moxley comes in, comes in and shoot wins the rumble? <laughs> he just goes into business for himself. Just, just everyone just else. Start, start pile driver and paradise <laughs> gifting people. <laughs> oh, brilliant! Um, I mean, I could I could say it's 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 it's. If WWE are going in that direction, then it's only good for the business, which is excellent. Yes, yes, it is quite wonderful. Um, right, well, that's that's all the WWE news. Um, let's uh, break down some NXT news. Tasty, what you got for us? Well, on this exciting come Tuesday, um, I'm going to report. Come first. Tuesday, according to a report via Mike Johnson and the PW Insider. Well, this is, I mean, who, if you didn't see this coming, then you know uh, there have been changes made to the NXT creator team. So Johnny Russo, no relation to Vince, who is head of the NXT 2.0 creator team, will now report directly to Bruce Pritchard and Christine Lebrano. Changes now the change now makes the structure for NXT consistent with how creative teams work for both Raw and SmackDown. The report added that previously, when NXT was under the leadership of Triple H, the creative team would be quote autonomous in nature, operating as a separate bubble within the company, while WWE was noticeably making changes to remove Triple H's thumbprint from the NXT brand. Dewey Foley, who is the son of Mick Foley, and Anthony Golden Jr. are still part of the NXT creative team. So is Dewey Foley and Anthony Golden Jr. are part of the creative team, not Dewey Foley is the son of Mick Foley and Anthony Golden Jr. <laughs> Just clarify that in case we need to. <laughs> In addition to the new roles with NXT 2.0, Christine Lebrano currently serves as the VP of Creative Operations, while Bruce Pritchard remains the executive director of both Raw and SmackDown. Johnny Russo, again in relation to Vince Russo, was hired by WWE back in October of 2011. He eventually would be assigned to work on both the Raw and SmackDown creative teams from 2015 to 2018. It was in August of 2018 that he was promoted to senior creative writer and producer, and since August of 2019, he has been working with as part of the NXT creative team and was promoted to lead writer for the brand in July of 2020. So it's his fault and shit. Well, it certainly doesn't tie in with the uh, the golden period of NXT, does it? Also, are you sure he's no relation to Vince because they did the crowbar and a pole match last week? <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe a bit got in there. Maybe maybe distantly. Maybe there's a little bit of DNA there because it's sort of plugging it, away. Are we sure it's not just Vince Russo, but he's called? He's oh like, no, my name's my name's uh, my name's Look, Johnny. bro, look, my my ID says Johnny. 
<laughs> Look, bro, 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 sweats, bro. Um, yeah. Um, this is all thoroughly depressing. This is basically just remember all those things that you thought made NXT special. Yeah, we throw them in the fucking bin, don't we? This is what's mad, like about WWE, though, isn't it? It's like they literally, like the most popular brand they had was NXT. Obviously, the ratings didn't reflect that. But yeah, because I mean, the- it lost weight, WWE Mitchell, they have to kill it. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Vince saw the whole thing as a failure, and it's it's just sad. I miss NXT. Like proper NXT, not this fucking art attack version. Well, um, it's, it's, all, it's all Bruce Pritchard forever now. Oh, God. Imagine imagine looking at everyone in your company and going, brother love, he's the man I back. He's the one I've, I want to give total control to. I've I've got so much fear of Walter coming out in a fucking SS uniform when he comes to NXT next oh, week. Oh, God. It's going to be horrible. Except like fucking like tie-dye, doesn't it? <laughs> it looks like a smash thrown up on it. Um, Moving on, uh, it sounds like Triple H was bummed out by WWE sweeping cuts to NXT in the performance center staff last week. Uh, per PW Torch, just Wade Keller, Triple H was building the, te- building the team he planned to use if he ever ran the main roster. That gr- group was suddenly dismantled by the releases. Oh my God. Is, it, is this like, it's just like the, the beginning of the end? I, I wouldn't be against seeing Triple H leave WWE and creating his own promotion. I mean, there's a lot. There's been a lot of people on the internet shouting they wanted to buy Ring of Honor. Did he? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of like internet people who like Triple H should buy Ring of Honor. And it's like, oh. I mean, he basically tried to turn NXT into Ring of Honor. Yeah, by signing Ring of Honor, everyone for Ring of Honor. Just going, oh, they're good. We'll, we'll have them. <laughs> oh, it's mad, isn't it? Like, could you even like foresee this like two years ago? No, not at all. Um. It is crazy. Uh, yeah, I mean, as I say, he's got the money. He could easily like start his own fucking promotion. I mean, he's, it's, it's, becoming, he it's, it's becoming increasingly clear that he's never going to get that position on the main roster. No, Nick Khan's fucking owning WWE these days, mate. <laughs> yeah, Nick Khan. So, it's so weird. Like he just he just come out of nowhere, like a piece of like like an aggressive plant just takes over an ecosystem, and he just like fucking strangled everything else in WWE. <laughs> He's, he's that koala that's clinging to the plane in the Simpsons <laughs> that, that toad that like just multiplies in Australia and takes over the crops yeah um, well interestingly he's um, a childhood friend of Dwayne the Rock Johnson yeah which is maybe that was the Rock's last laugh I I, rec- I reckon the Rock's like gonna make a fucking play <laughs> the Rock's the Rock's yeah. game to, to oust Triple H do do what he do what he did with the XFL and just go to Vince. Here's forty million. Let's never here's, talk of this. Here, here are three golden eggs. I will have your company. <laughs> I, I see you like that egg. That was a down payment. <laughs> um, oh my god. So yeah, I mean, fuck me. Triple. Who'd have thought? Like, it's, I don't know. I've got no words for for what happened to NXT at the moment. Who'd have thought? As, 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 as someone, as someone who like, li- I literally credit my. Re- like my, my love of modern professional wrestling to NXT 2017. Yeah. Gargano and Ciampa, baby. And even before that, like um, Owens and Zayn. Yeah. And all that nonsense. Uh, just fucking oh, 
Uh, moving on, we'll have a bit of, um, well, depending on how you look at it, this could be considered good news. Um, could be considered terrible news. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa and Pete Dunn worked a dark match before SmackDown last Friday and individual matches at last night's main event taping. Uh, this has led to the usual speculation about their time in NXT coming to an end. Uh, also important to note, I don't know if this is a this is whose decision it was, but Ciampa had dyed his beard and it had taken all the grey out of it and it had gone brown again. Really? Yeah. Oh, so he looks, young, he looks young and hip and down with the kids. Which can't be Sham- Champa um, tweeted something out that made it sound like he's going to leave WWE the other day. Well, whether that was he's leaving WWE or he's, le- he's leaving NXT. He's, I, I would almost, I would almost certainly assume that he's leaving NXT. Like his dropping the belt to Prom Breaker felt like a passing of the torch moment, didn't it? Yeah. And uh, so whether he moves up to main roster to be the next carrying cross or whether he goes somewhere else and does fun stuff, we don't know. He's not got long left on his contract. No. I mean, how much can he job out to fucking Madcap Moss before he leaves? Dread to think. Um, yeah, I mean, it's weird because Champa said that he doesn't think his body could hold up on main, a main roster schedule either. Yeah. Is the other thing, so... And it's the travelling. He said he didn't want the travelling, didn't he? Because he's obviously he's got a young daughter and yeah. he's, he's a big family guy. Yeah, he wants to. Uh, he wants to only be like spending like a day away from her, really. Yeah. Which interesting. So we to see what happens there. Pete Dunne is an interesting one because he's only just resigned his contract and he's he's got a long way to go. Um, I'm still holding my hope. I did say that he'd be the first English WWE champion. I still think there's a it's a single digit percent chance of that happening now, but I still think it's it's still, the door's not completely closed. I, I'd love it if he just came in and just fucking womp on Brock. <laughs> like when he made the save in NXT that one time and he was just like forearming people and they were like they were literally bumping like they'd been shot yeah I still think it could, it could happen um, just needs Vince to remember he exists which you know yeah good, think, good, luck, good luck Pete I think Pete done as well like I mean what one thing which was really sad was he got like nearly no reaction when he did make his entrance on the dart match if you if you look on Twitter Really, there's there's like the person filming it who's going mad because because like the playing his old music, like, oh, he's got his old music back, and then like there's literally like the, the crowd looking around like who the fuck's this guy? I mean, he, he's just it sounds weird, but if they, if they want if they had main roster aspirations for him, he spent too long in NXT. Yes, because he he should have won the title, they didn't, and then he got kicked his, his heels around for ages and did nothing, and everyone forgot he exists, and now when he comes up, no one's gonna know who he is. Now he's feuding with Tony Tony D'Angelo over a crowbar and a fucking gum shield. Yeah. Oh, right. On that slightly deflating note, that brings our NXT news just, to an end. Just give us British strong style versus the bloodline. Yeah. Honestly, um, Roman just like using Trent Seven. Uh, right. Some AEW news. Um, we promised you earlier. We teased it. We we, we strung you along. Dangled the carrot. Now Jay is going to give you the thrilling conclusion to the A the MLW WWE well not conclusion but the, the bit of AW adjacent news we told you about before. Go on, you. So Jim Cornette's favorite wrestler Joey Janela uh, took to Twitter to weigh in on the current beef between WWE and MLW, claiming that MLW had prevented talent from appearing for GCW and accused the promotion of taking advantage of young talent. Uh, firing back, MLW COO Jared Saint Laurent said. Uh, appeared on Wrestling Inc. Daily, I should say, 
to accuse Janela of drinking at shows and giving young wrestlers concussions. He further added that Janela's info was outdated, called him a corporate sellout and claimed he had heat with AEW for being unsafe and was kissing ass as he is desperate to go to WWE. Uh, thanks to rings Inside the Ropes for the transcription there. Interestingly enough, um, obviously MLW and AEW don't really see eye to eye given the whole uh, Brian Pillman Jr. thing. Um, and them taking the Lucha Bros. I'd, I'd be mad if they took the Lucha Bros off me too. Um, yeah, well, can, can MLW really make a claim to hold on to the Lucha Bros? Is that like... No. Um, <laughs> but but the, what's interesting is that the reason they um, struggled to get talent to kind of not go to AEW is because when they put the contracts out, they didn't... AEW wasn't a thing, so they couldn't put in, you can't work for this company or that company. Yeah, so they could have said you can't work for WWE, you can't work for Impact, you can't work for GW. But obviously, yeah. there was no AW, so you can't say you can't put in like Brian Pillman's contract. You can't work for AW because there is no AW. Yeah. Um, so I mean, this is all completely unbiased, and no one has any agendas here. <laughs> no one has any beef with anyone historically, and <laughs> it's all completely above board. Someone, someone else tweeted. I'm just going to try and find the tweet now. Uh, they said something to Joey Janela, and it was. It was hilarious, actually. Um, I mean, I just I, I find just the very idea that Joey Janela is trying to get himself hired by WWE to be absolutely farcical. Yeah, that ain't happening. Because if you look at like the Venn diagrams of like the shit that Joey Janela does and the shit that WWE like, they are like opposite sides of the page. There's there's absolutely no overlap in Joey Janela's wrestling style and the style that WWE wants to have on their television shows. Yeah. Um... So I think obviously again, I'd say take all of this with a, a massive opinion. I mean, this is this is all kind of he said, she said, isn't it? It's just, it's just Twitter. It's just Twitter nonsense, Twitter drama. I believe the kids would call it. Yeah, um, I, I can't find it. But basically, he said something about like getting paid like once every like eight months or something like that. Uh, it was quite funny. Okay. Um, People do realise that Joey generally gets paid by AW like whether or not he wrestles. Yeah. That's 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 how contracts work. Um, okay, then we'll move on from something that probably didn't happen to something that definitely didn't happen but would have been awesome. Um, so Fightful Select, top lads, Sean Ross Sapp led as always, it revealed that Lita apparently came close to having a run in AEW last year. Apparently, after over a decade out of the ring, Lita worked. So after, sorry, after uh, I say allegedly, after over decade, after over a decade out of the ring, Lita worked three matches at WWE in 2018, including the first Women's Royal Rumble, WWE Evolution, and a Raw Tag Team match. However, she had the opportunity to make another appearance the following year with All Elite Wrestling. Uh, Fightful learned via sources close to Lita that AEW had reached out to the WWE Hall of Famer. Uh, back in 2021 to appear on a show, but the two sides were unable to come to terms. Specifically, we learned that the pitch was made for Lita to appear in a top program with AEW Women's Champion Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. There were talks between the two sides and a creative plan laid out to possibly happen around AEW All Out 2021, but it didn't end up happening. Those that we heard from said that these th- the things ended up on a positive note and the two sides could eventually do business. WWE sources have indicated that despite Lita's past injuries, she's not been on their no-contact list and has been cleared to compete for over four years. Jesus Christ, can you imagine what <laughs> all-out would have been like if Lita had turned up as well? 
That would have been awesome. Like we would have just ascended watching it. I would have just turned to pure energy and just evaporated. I, I really hope we get Lita versus Britt Baker at some point. That match would fucking slap. Yeah, or Lita versus yeah. say, for example, Thunder Rosa would also be lovely. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, didn't even think about that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, whereas we're kind of getting teased that we're gonna get Lita versus Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania, which is also Yeah. I mean, when just would Lisa, not. Lisa in any capacity is, is fine, really, isn't it? You know, she, um, was on, she was on SmackDown this week, um, doing something with Charlotte Flair. I'll um, I'll take it as it comes. Lisa, like, however, however they give it to us, you know, it's, it's going to be fine. Yeah, down with that, down yeah. with that, indeed. Um, moving on, uh, just an update on Marco Stunt. We were talking last week about him not getting used, and his contract might not uh, be getting renewed by AW. Uh, he actually shed some light himself on his absence from AEW and thanked everyone for their support. Uh, like the, he said, um, he's just sent in his latest submission for the next round of the Royce, of the Voice, even not the Royce. The, Royce, uh, the Peyton Royce. Peyton Royce, always on my mind. Um, he said, uh, just sent in my stuff for this round of the Voice. Uh, could take a couple of weeks to hear back, but I'm excited to be taking this journey and I'm excited to keep you guys updated. Uh, things have been weird lately, but seeing you all support me regardless of what's going on is amazing. Um, I think he'd do quite well in the voice. Well, he's, he's, got, he's gotten through the first like round or two, hasn't he? Like, yeah. I mean, obviously, what people don't realize, or maybe people might not realize, is if you go on these like TV talent shows, there's like five or which is odd. There's like five or six rounds before you get like on stage in front of the judges, like on TV. Yeah, which makes it even more bizarre. And they, they, obviously, they pick people who are shy for like comedy value. Yeah. But Marcus, yeah, you say Marcus actually a really good singer. Yeah, I saw his um saw some snippets of him playing on the Jericho cruise. Yeah, some interesting um I don't know if you talked about this last week, some interesting little bit tidbits of info on Marco. He last wrestled for AEW in September of twenty twenty one. Uh he also he then last wrestled full stop uh, against Nick Gage in October twenty twenty one. He suffered a concussion in that match, so I don't know whether it's his absence has been injury related or whether he just hasn't been booked by anyone. Um, Nick Age, I don't think, has also wrestled all that much since that match. No, I don't think he has. Uh, and also, and, and what else might have been keeping him busy is doesn't he also work on the booking committee for an indie company as well? He's a booker for an indie company, um, Marco. That is better. He was appointed to it sometime last year, so I don't know whether he's. Whether that's led to him not being used as much, or whether he's sort of seen the way the the writing's going and has sort of diversified himself a little bit, I'm not sure. Uh, Melter has noted that he might not be resigned, and there are also apparently going to be maybe potentially a few AW contracts coming up this year. Yeah, um, and he said obviously AW have a policy where they don't want to try; they try not to fire anyone who's under contract unless there's a disciplinary breach. So their way of Letting people go will simply be to not renew contracts, as opposed to like the sort of the mass future endeavors policy that we see in WWE. Yeah, which is which is fine. Yeah, I mean, at least if if you if you know if someone has a contract and it has a set date, you can at least help. They can at least plan for for that eventuality, can't they? Which is yeah, a bit nicer than, than sort of just going. Ah, oh, by the way, you are gone. Get 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 yourself away. A bit, a bit nicer than having the fucking news over you. Having people tweeting at you, have you you've been released? Like, what have I? Um, <laughs> having a new found you nothing, just waiting for them to fucking pull the lever on the gallows. Or getting a, getting, your, getting all your gear in a trash bag and then getting them back to do the room. Yeah. Uh, anyway, 
Uh, moving on from someone who might not be um, with AW much longer to someone who might be with AW for the rest of the wrestling career. Um, so WrestleVotes revealed that WWE would apparently be extremely interested in Wardlow when his AEW contract comes up. Uh, quote, with his biggest match to date happening later tonight, that was his match with CM Punk, I can confirm without hesitation that WWE will be extremely interested in luring Wardlow away from AEW when his contract is due. There are several people within World Wrestling Entertainment that love the capital letters, love his potential. Um, and then I don't understand the next bit, so I'm just going to uh, ignore that. But basically, they're basically saying uh, so. The couple of things oh, to, to add to uh, this. So the bit, the bit after is um, people were like, uh, people were basically like going, "Oh yeah, but AEW would want to keep him." So then. WrestleVotes said, uh, one, much love to AEW, you can see the great work. Two, I think Wardlow's mega potential, and I take him for his word that he wants to remain AEW for life. However, three, that does not discount the fact that WWE will 100% make a play for him at the proper time. Yeah, and this was almost like immediately followed by an interview Wardlow did where he literally said that he, he wants to wrestle his entire career in AEW. Yeah, AEW retweeted it and WrestleVotes did. <laughs> Because it was all in caps for some reason. WrestleMania's like, why are you yelling? <laughs> uh, if you, that, that, that interview with Wardlow is actually really nice. He talks about his upbringing and um, what he likes, how he wants to like, sort of inspire kids and be like a father figure to them because he had his own issues with his dad growing up. And he talks about being really grateful to Cody in particular for giving them opportunities and Tony. It's, it's just really nice to see. He, he's, he's a real, he comes across as a really lovely guy, which is odd because he looks like an absolute monster when he's on TV. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I I feel like he's gonna be like you talk about like kind of cornerstones of companies like Undertaker and Sean were like the two for WWE during the nineties. Sting was for WCW, um, to a degree. He had Tommy Dreamer for ECW. I feel like Wardlow's gonna be one of those guys for AEW. Like he he seems really invested in staying in that company, and he seems like he he. He trusts the process. He believes, like, yeah, they get the start. And I mean, the fact that Jr. compared them to a young Brock Lesnar says all. Well, we, we've talked about this as well. Like, if they if this all falls into place, he is their Brock Lesnar going forward. Like, he's a freak yeah. athlete with great a great look, who can do everything. Who's good on the mic. Like, he he doesn't get to cut a lot of promos, obviously, because he he works with them, Jeff. But when he does, he's surprisingly good at it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm. I'm very excited to see um to see where he goes. I think it's definitely going to be interesting. Obviously, MJF's leaning into the whole. I'm going to go to WWE, and while he might, I, I think Wardlow will not be following him. Yeah, I mean, whether or not WWE will attempt to sign him, I honestly believe they will. That you know, they can't stop him trying. But I'm I'm surprised Vince hasn't tried to fucking contract Tambor already. <laughs> But no, I tried to get Jericho to quit AEW, didn't he? Really? Yeah, Jericho said in an interview, he tried Vince, like literally after the press conference, Vince called him like, "What's going to take you to uh, quit these guys and come back to w? What's, your, what's your price?" Didn't realize. Yeah, didn't realize. Jericho was like, "I've signed a three-year contract. I'm going to stick, sit, like stick it out." And I didn't Vince, realize like, um, Vince was Ruger Salt's dad. <laughs> How much? How much, Wonka? How much do you want? Just throwing money at him. Just throwing one to cash at Jericho. What about this one? <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Um, appearing on the Wrestling Daily podcast, former Ring of Honor ambassador, 
Carrie Silken discussed a recent visit backstage with AEW and said that while there was a, gr- a good vibe backstage, some talent may be worried about the spots within the company. Um, he said, there are so many guys, there's so many guys, I'm not going to bring up any names, but there were guys that were flown in to do nothing. It was a very good vibe, but since I've been around for the back for 20 years, wrestlers are always unconfident, worried about this spot. I could feel that going on. Certainly not with a Brian Danielson or Hangman Page, but there's just a lot of people there. Yeah, I mean, that, that ties in a little bit to what we said about the Marcus Dunn situation, didn't it? Um, I, wonder, I wonder if that's uh, why Taz on Rampage just, <laughs> Ring of Honor. just randomly shouted the jail people, I don't give a shit about Ring of Honor. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's interesting. Um, I think AEW is one of those companies where they will always keep around more talent than they need, just in case, because like we've had issues and we were things have happened and they've had to pull people in and, and sort of then they've been able to do that. Like I remember Miro had to like he had like eight hours to get to like Texas or something for that match with Danielson. Yeah. Or with Cass, it was Orange Cast he was with, sorry. Um and he only made it just like with like an hour to spare or something like that. So I think they always like to keep like a little but and, and I know they do a lot of like because AEW a young company, they do a lot of like seminars and training and promos. And so maybe if wrestlers aren't necessarily there for, for in-ring action, they could be there to do the host or to take part in like some training or whatever. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I think this is this is going to be a real... Um, if It's going to be a real interesting year for AEW because it feels very much like the first act of the company has closed. Like It felt like everything up to this point was to get us to Hangman as champion and mm-hmm. like tell that story and put, put the company in this position. And now it feels like we're starting a new era in the company in terms of how it operates and in terms of how it tells stories and in terms of like what they present on screen. Yeah. I feel like if like the first like chapter of AEW was like the hangman Kenny kind of build, I feel like this could be like the Wardlow and Jeff build where they're going to like long build that. And that like the, the end product is going to be making Wardlow the start. Yeah. Um, well, it's, it's interesting how because obviously when, when when the company started they had to sign up like a lot of indie talents because they they had no they don't have a performance center they don't have they, they were literally creating a roster from scratch well but, look, look at them look at it as well like at the start of the pandemic when they just had to like sign a shit ton of like students from the nightmare factory because they didn't have a women's division because yeah. after division was stuck in Japan well the first like, the, the idea for the women's division was like we'll just borrow one from Japan and then oh wait no no one can travel anymore so we have like six women on our roster <laughs> yeah um, so yeah it's going to be yeah. interesting it, it, it's, it's weird because like for as long as we've been alive there's never been a company created from scratch that's gotten this big this quickly no even you even look at like um the likes of WCW and ECW, and they were they were the ter- they were they, they were all ter- territories that like uh, converted, and like TNA yeah. TNA never made it this big or like this oh, yeah. successful. TNA had the potential too, and then Hogan and Bischoff just fucking ruined it. Yeah, but even when they were even when they were big, like they were never drawing crowds like this. No, they weren't. And they're um, never doing numbers like this in terms of pay per buys and stuff like that. It's it's just fascinating because Adrian was a really fascinating microcosm um, like, of of like a very quickly growing company in a very old business, which is, it's just, it's just I think 2022 is going to be a fascinating year to watch them. Both, they're going to do good and bad things, um, but I think it's going to be fascinating to see what actually happens in regards to their roster and like the talent they let go or the talent they bring in. I think we'll, we'll see some, we'll see some shocking moments, I think, in 2022. He just needs to give Dan Housen all of the human monies. I mean, he's fucking signed, right? 
he's, he's, I mean, he's, he's got a job with A and W. A and W. He is absolutely signed. He's going to make Boria in. As soon as his legs healed, he'll be a. Uh, well, me and Joe have the theory that uh, Joe from the Damn It Vince podcast and Hall of Market Greatest podcast. For those who who don't know, who Joe is. If you like your podcast? Get on them. Get get on those podcasts. They're both thoroughly entertaining. Um, but we have the theory that he's going to be the Joker in the um, Casino Battle Royal. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, I, was, I was glad that it's someone shared that. Right then, we'll move would. on to speaking of people who might be leaving. Someone who's maybe making their debut for AW. Um, we had an appearance this week on an AW dark taping of former X Division champion Rohit Raju. Hack him Zane. Um, so he popped up in a losing effort to the captain Sean Dean. Uh, obviously, people best know Raju wrestled for Impact Wrestling from 2017 up until he was granted his release earlier this month. And this match was his first match of 2022. Hmm. I mean, it's only been 16 days, it's not like you have to. Impressive figure, right? You know, no, but still, interesting. Like it's interesting that they've, they've been using dark, like, really need to bring people in like that. Um, I know they brought in uh, Chris, Tony Nisky did as well, didn't he? Yeah, no, I mean, was it Chris Woods, the Ring of Honor guy? Josh Woods, I think he's defending that tonight on Terminus. Which, oh, fair enough, yeah, anyone wants some good old technical wrestling, go watch Terminus. That looks fucking ancient. Well, by the time this goes out, mate, it'll uh, it'll have happened. What's the replay? Yeah, go, go watch On Demand. Uh, we were all good. Uh, we're watching it. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, just really, like, another good name to have flying around the, the AW universe is, yeah, Raju. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed. I mean, the Activision's always been the standout sort of attraction for TNA slash Impact Wrestling, hasn't it? And he was a, he was a worthy champion when he was Activision champion for, like, for a couple of months back in 2001. He was just a great shitbag. Yeah. And he put on, really? I mean, you put on banger matches with the likes of Chris Bay, with Trey Miguel, with Chris Saban. Yeah, it was uh, it was all good. Um, yeah. yeah, top stuff. Yeah. Also, it's quite funny when um, Ethan Page and Dan House bully him on Ethan Page's vlog. <laughs> Always bully the shit out. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> Moving on, um, some awesome news to end up and on um, his "What Happened When" podcast. Top, top, top friend of the podcast, Tony Tony Skiavone himself revealed that AW um, picked up a two-year extension on his existing contract and he'll remain with the company through at least mid-2024. That's going to put some butts in seats. It's going to put some butts in seats indeed. Um, so I, I love this career renaissance that Tony Schiavone's had. It's just, um, he just seems like so happy you now, and it's like, yeah. it's just so nice to see him because he deserves it, doesn't he? I, like he's he's like one of the like, legitimately nicest men in wrestling. Yeah, I like the fact as well he doesn't like take himself too seriously. Like you sometimes get that with commentators where they they take themselves a bit too seriously. Whereas like you, you've got like obviously the gif that like people use all the time now of Tony like go what the fuck. <laughs> I guess like the the bits he did with Britt Baker, where like Britt used to bring him coffee yeah. because he, like, he used to work in Starbucks after his like first wrestling career finished and stuff like that. Madness that he worked in Starbucks. That's madness. <laughs> like he's such a great mind for the business as well, and he's like again, it's crazy that he like. Yeah, I mean, I think he's he's potentially an AW lifer. Maybe maybe not necessarily on the on the company desk forever, but like I think he'll always be around the company in some capacity. I do. I think he's. I think he'll be, he'll be on the commentary desk for a long last time. 
Yeah, isn't he like isn't he like a producer as well or something? Doesn't he have like some backstage role or? Uh, he does a lot of like stuff for the YouTube channel. I yeah, don't know no, whether... he, only, he co-hosts the podcast with Aubrey. Yeah, he basically does uh, everything, doesn't he? You know, he's yeah, like he, he, does, is, I mean, like the, he does like the control center thing, which is like the old WCW people control joke, center. People joke, I mean, people say about Excalibur and obviously JR, but I think for me, I think Tony's becoming the voice of AW in a way. Maybe, yeah, maybe not necessarily from a broadcast perspective, but in terms of like his imprint on the entire product, I think he is probably the one who you hear the most. Yeah, um, I think especially given the fact that like. Obviously, there's the comparisons with WCW, and he was the voice of WCW. Yeah, for better um, and for worse. Yeah, and it's 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 crazy that he didn't. Um, it's crazy he didn't get work after that. Like he did the like one day in TNA, didn't he? And he fucking hated it. Yeah, yeah. One all one day. God, that was crazy. TNA. I mean, TNA that, that, that's, the most, that's the most TNA story of all time, isn't it? He'll he'll. He, um, he looked like a uh, Jason Bateman in Dodgeball, <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm very happy for Tony. Yeah, long, long live Tony Schiavone. Long live Tony. Um, right. Well, that's the end of the AEW side of the news. Um, shall we uh, get into the rest of the world, mate? Yeah, I mean, it's just you ready for a strap in? It's a wild ride for this section. <laughs> Boy, that's uh, what you got for us then. Well. We'll start out with um, remember Sunny. You got some sunny days. Oh, remember Sunny? She's uh, she's having a great time right now, and she won. Apparently not. She <laughs> Sunny allegedly threatened to kill her partner with scissors before she was arrested on Thursday, according to TMZ. Uh, she appeared to be under the influence of drugs and alcohol, according to the officer who witnessed the incident. Uh, thankfully, the alleged victim was not harmed. Jesus Christ! Like the headline said, it was like a terrorist incident or something. <laughs> Terroristic threats, it was. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Oh, goddamn. You, you, I mean, you, you hate to see it, don't you? You, just, you don't want anyone to. charging you with it. So you, you don't want anyone to end up in this position, do you? It's just, uh, no. it's just, just not what you like to see. No. Um, obviously, she's had quite a like difficult life with um, losing Chris Candido and just. Gen- yeah. Generally, everything that happened from there on in. She had a fairly fraught um, time outside of wrestling, after wrestling, which is not obviously. You see so many people from that era who have just had like fucking horrible times after they've left the business. Yeah. And it's just really, really disheartening to see. Just, I mean, just hopefully she can at some point find some sort of peace and enjoy her, you know, the rest of her life, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, hopefully she gets the help she needs. Um, moving on um, to some impact uh, contract news now. Um, Fightful Selectors learn that Jake Something's impact deal is set to expire soon, specifically at the end of February. At that point, Jake will officially be a free agent unless a new deal with the company is reached. Impact has had a bit of a turnover of late, seeing recurring stars such as Rohit Raj, you leave the company of late, um, in addition to Brandy Lauren and PT Williams, Kira Hogan, Matt Stryker, and AC Romero. Uh, while adding other names like Lady Frost, uh, the outlandish Zicky Dice, and others. Um, Fightful told February the 28th is the end of Jake's 
excuse me, Jake Steele, but weren't told that it was his last day or the day his contract expires. Many on the impact roster are working without a formal exclusive contract as well. Um, Fightful haven't heard of any extended talks between the two sides, but have learned that there was a, at least a brief discussion on the matter. The 32-year-olds appeared regularly for impact since 2018, working a few dates in 2017. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing him go to a A&W with his friend Danhausen and his Yeah, I mean, so until I start, obviously, I watched TNA for a long time, way back when. Um, didn't watch for a lot for a, a good while, and obviously sort of got suckered back into it a bit last year when, when Kenny was appearing on Impact and stuff with the belt. And when I first started watching, I did not know Cousin Jake, he was at the time. Team mm. Kennedy, I did not know him from Adam, but goddamn, he has really risen through the ranks these last six, eight months. He's, um, yeah, really, um, really showed off what he can do. And he's been very impressive, I think. And I think he'll, he'll, he'll absolutely, um, land himself a, a good position somewhere else. Um, he looks, he looks a million dollars. He, he, he can go, you know, he's, he's young. Yeah, I think what the world's going to be is Easter. Yeah, um, yeah, he's he's really really talented guy. Um, he's got a good look as well. Hopefully, wherever he goes, we'll get some very nice, very evil wrestling. Yeah, uh, right then. Keeping it with impact. Speaking of someone who might be coming in the other way. Um, speaking on Busted Open Radio, Tommy Dreamer noted that he allegedly shot Regal a t- William Regal is a text after his release, letting him know that he was welcome at Impact Wrestling. Uh, Tommy was quoted as saying, "If you, I mean, this 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 hits me close. Yeah, if you look at the management and let's say the New York Giants, their GM Dave Gettleman is retiring, and there goes their head coach Joe Judge. I'm a Giants fan. It's been a trash fire of a season. Um, he picked, and everyone is." He goes a head coach and everyone associated with that person. Triple H is no longer in charge and everyone associated with him is gone. The only guy who remains is Sean, but Sean was a Vince guy before he was a Triple H guy. Regal felt like a part of that. The moment I heard, I shot him a text and I said, hey, if you want to be a commentator at Impact or a general manager figure, just let me know. He will have something when he chooses to. So basically it sounds like William Regal has a open invitation to pop up on Impact. I mean, they have literally just let Matt Stryker go from commentary, haven't they? So. They have. They replaced them with um, Tom Hannafin, a.k.a. Tom Phillips. Yes, but, you know, you could always bump D'Lo off and replace him with they, him. They, they, they did write D'Lo off TV. Um, going have some war games. In impact. I, I just want to show up in AEW and go, Blood and guts! <laughs> Wait, just just Adam Cole, like, having fucking Nam flashbacks from NXT. <laughs> Keith Lee comes out and pounces into the crowd. Um, Regal's going to turn up somewhere, isn't he? He's he's too good not to. Yeah, like when we were talking about the releases last week, me and Troy were both pretty much the consensus that he'll be fine. He's got a job wherever he wants it. In part, he just wants him to like go back to the northwest of England and get into clubland and become like Rayvon. (laughs) Just want to see him. uh, I just want to. I just want to become the best wedding disco DJ in like the northwest. Imagine that. <laughs> Him and Craig Charles having a DJ battle. Oh, that'd be awesome. Down the fucking Invisible Wind Factory. <laughs> that'd be incredible. Um, keeping it with Impact still. Uh, Impact Wrestling have announced that the Gorillas of Destiny, Tamatonga and Tangaloa, will be part of the Impact tapings on January 21st and 22nd in Pembroke Pines, Florida. 
Right, what is Scott the Moore paying people? Because how the fuck are all the... I mean, with respect to Impact Wrestling, how is it that that Girls of Destiny and Jay White are choosing to be in Impact in, in the US? They've got a talent agreement with New Japan. Oh, fair play. Because, uh, I, mean, I mean, I'm not I'm not complaining. It's it's excellent <laughs> to see all these guys come over. Scott, Scott the Moore promised they wouldn't do what they did to Okada. <laughs> all the people who were here when we did that to Okada are gone. He was like, don't worry, Dixie ain't here anymore. That shit <laughs> happened. I, I solemnly swear we will not do an Okada with them. Then they come over like, right, Tana, Tanga, can you just put these masks on? Um, you're going to be with Samoa Joe for this one. <laughs> Don't worry, we're not going to put Jeff Jarrett back in the Bullet Club. <laughs> you see no, Jeff Jarrett like, sadly walking away in a Bullet Club shirt. That's going to be exciting because there's, there's a good few tag teams in, um, in Impact that they can have a, a good old ding-dong with. Yeah. Um, I mean, they've, they've been heavily teasing they're going to do the Good Brothers versus G.O.D. for a while. Yeah, I mean, they will, won't they? Yeah. That fucking carny piece of shit, Doc Gallows, hasn't got anything to do at the moment. <laughs> Dangly's are high. The dangly daddy. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that'll be fun. It's, obviously, Jay White's there, isn't he? Chris Bay's in the Bullet Club now. So, you know, there's, there's a whole yeah. lot of Bullet Club DNA running through Impact at the moment. Yeah, ELP, ELP keeps popping up in there. Impact as well. I mean, to be fair, Impact getting into the Bullet Club like five years too late is the most Impact thing to ever happen. Hey, the AJ Styles brought fucking Jeff Jarrett with him to the Bullet Club when he joined. It was the long con. It was AJ going over there to kill it from the inside. <laughs> now, it's come I mean, back to, now, now it's come back to Impact and fully die. Yeah, but Bullet Club's a fucking joke at the moment, let's be honest. Um... Uh, speaking about uh, Impact and the people who might be appearing at Impact, this is uh, this is actually a confirmed signing. So Pat Lapadre of TVA Sports, hope I, I really hope I pronounced his name right. Sorry, Pat, if I didn't. Um, PCO has signed a contract with Impact Wrestling. Nice. This is kind of mad because wasn't PCO like kind of done until he came back for like one last ring of honor? Um, it was before that he wrestled. He wrestled Walter. At one of Joey Janela's spring break shows, and everyone was like, "Holy shit, PCO is amazing!" Yeah, because he uh, was like, he was like on his way out, wasn't he? And then he just kind of like came back for life. Yeah, th- well, he de- Destro got the car battery and hooked it up, and then he just like came back to life because he's not human. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, PCO's resurgence is awesome. Like the the fact that the fact that he came back as basically like a Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, and uh, he, he's he's just great. I love. Him. I mean, he, if you're not seeing PCO, he, I don't know if he still looks at this. The last time I saw him, he looked like if you tried to draw pain, make a Chris Jericho for memory. Yeah, pretty much. That'll do it. <laughs> yeah, he looks like a creator wrestler from like a WWE. I'm like, what the, from one of the fucking insane clown posse wrestling games. Yeah, um, but he's, he's fucking wild. He's great. Um, he is very good, by the way. They're doing like a Ring of Honor invasion and impact at the moment. So Jonathan Gresham showing up and defending the title. Um, Roxy, the women's champion, defended the title, has been defending the title on shows as well. Again, do you want to say that a Ring of Honor invasion three months after the promotion shut down is also the most impact thing to ever happen? It, it is, but they've been quite smart with the way they've done it because <laughs> the faction's called Honor No More. Yeah, hopefully. 
So that, I, I mean, this is just this is just uh, EC two point but like more relevant and more people like it. Pretty much, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So that's um, but it's weird because they've got Matt Taven and Vincent in the faction who were feuding with each other when yeah. Ring of like shut down. Yeah, because wasn't Matt uh, Taven in a um, he was in a tag team with Mike Bennett, wasn't he? He still is the OG Kingdom. Yeah. They're, they're part of this faction as well. Oh, right, okay. Mike Bennett's uh, pretty early. He must be getting, you forget, acid flashbacks to be back in Earth. <laughs> Not a miracle anymore, mate. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, um, it's Mike Bennett, uh, Matt Taven, Vincent, and PCO, and Maria Canales is managing them. They, uh, they attacked um, attacked D-Lo at the start of the show and put him to a table. Are they going to so, announce? So next time PCO runs out and like attacks someone, are they going to do what WWE do with the retribution and announce that he signed a contract? I hope so. <laughs> I, I I hope Destro comes back. That's what I really want. He hasn't had Destro with him for fucking ages, and I miss him coming out with his fucking car battery to like <laughs> breathe life into PCO. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, moving on. It's a, a former TNA wrestler. Oh yeah, currently. And remaining to be a New Japan wrestler, uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi, the ace himself. Go ace! Um, he took social media to announce that he's renewed his contract with New Japan. Uh, he wrote on, he literally just wrote that on Twitter. He was like, I have renewed my contract with New Japan Pro Wrestling. I'll do my best. That's, that's uh, beautiful. That's just, I mean, what more do you need to say than that, really? Yeah. <laughs> he, he didn't say how long. I mean, if by doing his best, it means he's got to do more murders like he did on Kent, and I'm here for it. Oh, did you read like the, the list of injuries that Kenta had after that match? Yeah, man. Have you seen the match yet? Yeah, yeah. It was horrible. <laughs> yeah, Kenta just fucking face planting onto a trash can off the fucking top of a ladder. Yeah. Jesus. He looked, Kenta looked like he'd been in a car accident. And looking at the injury list, he sounded like he had as well. Yeah, Jesus Christ. <sighs> but yeah, that's good news about Tanahashi. I mean, he's obviously... He, Tanahashi. You wouldn't think he'd ever go anywhere else. Would, you know, he's like Mr. New Japan at this point. Yeah. I, I do I do like him at WrestleMania 34 when Braun Strowman was looking for a partner in a car that was next to each other in the crowd going, we'll do it. <laughs> a a car, the, the body of the fucking greatest wrestler of all time, but the mind of a child. <laughs> what a yeah. wonderful... Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued. I I still want to see Tanahashi show up in AEW because he, he tickled our balls with that one, didn't give us it. Oh, I think it, I think it'll happen at some point. Yeah, well, well speaking of speaking, well, speaking of Tanahashi and like what was being teased back in the day, back then, um, John Moxley has announced more. Well, he hasn't announced, but his return has been announced uh, to wrestling. Obviously, as we know, Moxley about two and a half months ago uh, checked into a alcohol treatment program. Uh, so, and we saw a photo about a month ago of him like looking real, real healthy, which was quite nice. So, obviously, he's he's sort of. On a, on a good path right now. And so, yeah, it's been announced that he will be making his return to the world of wrestling. Uh, he will be defending the GCW World Heavyweight title against Homicide at the World on GCW on the 23rd of January, which I believe will be the weekend after this goes up. So, the Saturday night. Sunday yeah. night, Sunday night. Yeah. Me, Aaron, and Ryan are going to be doing a watch-along over as well for people who want to join. Yeah, there will be a, a live stream of that of, of us doing silly stuff while that goes on. Um, and Aaron yeah. having kittens, presumably. Um, Aaron's probably going to have a lot of blue drink. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I might join him in the bit of that actually. Um, sounds sounds fun. Um, yeah, so we'll just break down um, a bit of the card. Just the card. Well, we, we said before we started this recording, didn't we? Uh, that this feels like a it feels like a watershed moment for GCW. This it feels like they're making a, a big statement with this event. Yeah, it's it's already the highest attend. It's already going to be the highest attended wrestling show ever at the Hammerstein Ballroom. Yeah. Um, which I mean, like WWE have done like episode of Raw and ECW one night stand from there. ECW used to do shows from there. It's, it's a, if you really don't know, it's a real, it's a real old school, like hardcore ECW venue. It was where they did Raw as well, wasn't it? Yeah. At the start, when they used to like have fucking Bobby the Brain Heenan trying to break him. Um. But yeah, it, it's there's a lot of like kind of work they put into this show and. They, they haven't announced the entire card yet, but they have announced a few matches. So, uh, obviously, the aforementioned Moxley versus Homicide is going to be the main event, and I think we probably will see some murders in that match. Oh, God. It's going to be, I, it's going to be I, nasty. I want, I want Homicide to hit at least one cop killer on Mox. Um, just one. <laughs> and then we've got um, the Ring of Honor World Championship. Jonathan Gresham defending against Blake Christian. Interestingly, on last night's uh, at time recording GCW show, Blake Christian defeated uh, Bandido, who holds the other Ring of Honor Championship. Don't worry about it. Um, we've got Team Gringo, the team of Gringo Loco, Ares, and Demonic Flamita versus Team Bandido, Bandido, Laredo Kid, and ASF. That'll be fucking I mean, wild. that's just like flippy shit of the match, isn't it? Anytime you got Laredo Kid, it's a, it's a good day. Um, we've got Ruby Soho versus Ali Catch, which, oh my, that'll be good. Um, Matt Cardona versus Joey Janela. In what uh, is possibly the um, the most weirdly booked, well, not, not booked, but like the, the back and forth on Twitter between I, the I two of them has been... I love that they booked it like Flair and Savage from WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah. I fucking love they've done that. Um <laughs> Uh, also appearing on the card is Eddie Kingston, and he's rumoured, but he's not. Well, it it pretty much goes without saying he's going to be facing AJ Gray, who won the um, GCW Extreme Championship last night. So possibly, so, possibly in a death match as well. Possibly Eddie Kingston in a death match, which I don't think I'm ready for. Um, and also, uh, they've been heavily teasing, and it's probably going to happen, even though they've said it's, even though he said it's not. Effie versus Jeff Jarrett. Effie versus yeah. Effie. I'd say Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> and I think that's it. Um, no, there's also, well, there's what is absolutely not going to be the Briscoes versus FTR. Oh, shit. Yeah, Briscoes open challenge. The Briscoes have an open challenge, and obviously they've been going back and forth with FTR on the social medias, and FTR showed up at Ring of Honor to battle them. So. Yeah. And FTR did cut that great promo on Twitter the other day. Yeah, as you said, it really feels like this could be like a like a big statement show for GCW. Like they really, they really feel like they're putting everything into this one. Like not that they don't necessarily always do that, but this in particular, this feels huge. What with what we've seen lately as well, with like Moxie wearing a GCW hoodie on AEW programming, it really feels like they're they're stepping out into the into the light a bit. Yeah. Mm. I feel like this is kind of like solidifying GCW as the new ECW. Yeah, or just even as like. Take it. it feels like they're, they're maybe sensing there's blood in the water and they can step up and maybe take Ring of Honor's spot. Yeah, and I, I, I really hope they do. Like, what I've, 
I'm not like huge, a huge follower of uh, GCW, but whenever I have watched the show, it's always been entertaining. I mean, I almost certainly can't afford to watch all of the pay-per-views because they do so many of them. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, but the thing I like about them as well, they put on like a massive like variety of, of stuff so that they have to do the collective every year around the WrestleMania weekend. And the, mm-hmm. this is this is like a company will put on like Effie's Big Gay Brunch and then we'll put on Josh Barnett's Bloodsport like the next day. Yeah. <laughs> so they literally do cater for everyone's taste in wrestling, which is awesome. They also had their Faye Jackson's grey sweatpants battle royal, which was yeah. wonderful. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's it, it's uh, as we say about like AEW a lot. It's like a smorgasbord of wrestling, and so is GCW. Like, there's something for everyone on the shows. Like, you've got you want to see fucking Nick Cage murder somebody. You've got that. And you want to see you want to see Ricky Shane Page get thrown off a cage through a table. You've got that. If you want to see some Lucha Libre, you've got that. If you want to see Jonathan Gresham just technical wrestle the shit out of people, you've got that. Um, it's got its gender wrestling. It's got all sorts. It's fucking great. Like, yeah, it feels my- like it feels like the sort of culmination of like all of indie wrestling just put into one like company almost. Yeah, it does. Um, as I and say, it's, it's, it's a it's a very easy sort of umbrella if you if you want to just absorb a lot of different if you want to see what's out there in terms of who are the best indie wrestlers so you've got people like obviously Gresham Bandito Laredo Kid uh, Ali Catch um, you know the Briscoes if you want to see all of those people under one banner GCW is a really easy way to sort of get that I think yeah yeah um, and it's cool that they're working with like other companies like they've They've had guys from uh, Impact over there. They've had guys from AW there. They've, yeah, well, Joey Janela's heavily involved in the sort of the running of GCW, isn't he? Like he's sort of been there, like sort of liaison with AW. So, if you like to say, we've had John, like John Moxley. This might be his actual return to wrestling before AW. Yeah, which is, um, which is just crazy to think about. <laughs> it, it is wild. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's it's a very good year for him. Um, it's it's a very good year for independent wrestling, that's for sure. Um, and also, just before we do wrap this up, uh, it's worth noting that at time of recording, we've got Jonathan Gresham's new promotion, Terminus Pro Wrestling, um, debuting tonight. And oh boy, howdy, that card yeah. is <laughs> tremendous. I'm just trying to find it now for us. Um, like you say, as 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 the time this goes up, it most likely have already happened. But um, do if you do feel like you want to watch it, it will be available on demand. Go and support them, maybe you know, throw in a few bucks, and uh, yeah, yeah, check the card. The card like, we'll, we'll run through the card right now, real quick. But it looks yeah. particularly spicy, and, so, it's, and it's old school, like pure rules as well. So there's like um, no throwing below the top rope, no weapons, uh, like no, it's like it's very strict, like technical wrestling rules. Yeah. Um, there's only like a five count for ring outs as well. Yeah. So we've got uh, Diamante versus Janae Kai, um, who was recently on Rampage. Didn't she face Jade? Yeah, Jay she got squashed by Jade, yeah. Um, the Impact Digital Media title being defended by Jordan Grace against Kira Hogan. That'll fucking rule. Yeah. Uh, a terminal eliminator four-way match, which is... Invictus Cash, Cash, JDX, Daniel Garcia, and Adam Priest. Um, that, I imagine that'll be fun. Uh, Bandido versus Baron Black. Yep. I think 
the R- the ROH titles on the line in that match as well, um, which is where it gets confusing. <laughs> Fred Yehi and Tracy Williams versus Dante Caballero and Joe Keys. Uh, Mike Bennett versus Moose. <sighs> Jay Lethal versus Lee Moriarty. And in the main event, Jonathan Gresham defending the Ring of Honor world title in a pure rules match against Josh Alexander. I mean, that's going to... That's so, good. If you if so, you like if you like your technical wrestling, that's gonna absolutely fuck. Yeah. Also, um on the um on the pre-show, you've got um Suge D and Faye Jackson. So, um so that'll be nice. Not not yeah. I don't interest in each other, I think it's just no, it's just appearing in, in action. They, they, they have obviously they have the um they have their feud of one being wholesome and the other being a creep. Um, so they'll have like a fun back and forth. Yeah, yeah Gresham and Alexander, two of the best sort of technical pound pound technical wrestlers in the in the world at the moment, and them two going at it, it's going to be an absolute treat. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I'm very excited for that. Uh, I'll probably be live tweeting that bad boy on <laughs> our Twitter. Sound well, I think that's yeah. going to do it for this week's news. Um, lot yes, going on in wrestling. Locked off the quote a lot there. Uh, hopefully, yeah. Hopefully next week is. Yeah, also chock full of good news. I hope you all enjoyed us, the wrestling news coverage. Bye. Bye. Hello, yes, Danhausen here. Danhausen has been summoned. You must love this podcast housing, the Untitled Wrestling Podcast housing. <laughs>